and welcome to the McGuffin Prize Movie Podcast. I am Gavin. I'm Ian. And for those of you who listen to us all the time, thank you very much. And for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, we are basically a movie podcast and we talk about little bits of movie news that are happening in Hollywood. And very basically. In the movie industry. And then we um, review a few films. I shall be reviewing the third and final chapter in the Hangover Trilogy. If we're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, we, if, we, if, we, if we get through it. I'll be doing a literary adaptation double bill with The Great Gatsby. The per- last 2012 of The Perks of Being a Wallflower and the magic theme caper movie Now You See. Now You See Me. I just, I actually only just saw the trailer to that uh, a little while ago. I kind of didn't say I avoided it, but I didn't really have a whole bunch of interest in it. So I only, mm. and when I had no choice, that, that when I actually that, that went to see a movie. That cast should amaze you. That, check, that cast should drive you in. There's a lot of great people in that. There's, there are a lot of good people in that movie, yeah. Um, but for some strange reason, yeah, I, ne- I never really saw any of the trailers. But I've only seen the trailer once. So, uh, what do you think? I mean, looks like a, yeah, it looks like a magic show. Mm. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And uh, then we'll wrap things up with the uh, top 10 in the U.S. box office and the Malaysian box office. Uh, if you would like to contact us, if you have any questions or you want to send us, in, in, send us any comments, uh, you can email us at podcast at That's podcast at Thank you very much. Okay, let's go straight into the news. we got a few reviews to do today, so... Uh, We'll kind of we won't go we won't spend too much time on the reviews although although that's a famous last words yeah anyway a uh, fair bit of ca- casting news has been going on with the uh, new um, Marvel film Guardians of the Galaxy oh yeah um, first it was announced that uh, Glenn Close had joined the cast before that it was even rumors of John C Riley right yeah and um, as far as I know it's more or less confirmed they've offered him a role yeah but uh, has it been confirmed whether he's taken it uh, that's, I didn't see a confirmation of it it was a rumor that, way. that was first then it was the it, it, was one, it was one of those things where it's like he's, it's been offered he hasn't said yes but everyone knows he's he'll going to take it yeah. or he's already taken it they just haven't said so but there's some, there seems to be it's one of these weird ca- uh, casting uh, sort, of, sort of announcements where it's more or less confirmed but no one's willing to say it's confirmed. But I mean, with Glenn Close, we know she's going to be playing someone in Noble Corp. Is that right, or something? Uh, so is John C. Riley. Oh, they're both. Okay, I didn't yeah. know. I thought which means wasn't that, uh, which is kind of cool. That means that the, uh, the Nova Corp is going to be playing a pretty, um, pretty substantial role in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aren't they a gateway character for people because he's actually lived on Earth or one of them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, John C. Riley, the character that uh, that uh, he's in talks to play is uh, Roman Day, which is basically he's like the Agent Coulson of uh, the of, of the cost. Of the cosmos, really? <laughs> well, in the sense that he's the guy who recruits people. Yeah, but I heard something about it. Turns out later in the comics that he's actually super. He's an alien. And he's super powered as well. So I don't yeah. see. I can't imagine yeah. John C. Riley throwing cars around. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I'm gonna wreck it. <laughs> Shake and bake. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how they're gonna work it. Uh, they, I how wonder if Glenn Close fly. Um, everything that I've heard suggests that Glenn Close is going to be a floating head. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, one 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 report says that Glenn Close is, is going to be uh, playing the uh, Zandrian World Mind, okay. which, which is a disembodied <laughs> presence inside Nova's helmet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she lives which, in his helmet. Which is, sometimes, <laughs> that's right, which is sometimes depicted as a shimmering, floating female head. Awesome. So, you know, when I think of shimmering, you know, floating female heads, I always think of Glenn Close. Or Meryl Streep. Absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> or Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Yeah. Or Betty White, you know. And Nell Carter. <laughs> just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, just in case. 
And you know, every once in a while, depending on how drugged I am, Joan Chen. No. You know, you gotta have a go. You gotta have a floating Joan Chen head there, just telling you to you know sweep the floor, or you, you know. Because you, you do all the time. That's right. That's right. You know, when I'm doing the dishes, when I'm doing the dusting, clean faster. There's, there's like a floating Joan Chen head above me, just telling me to do shit. <laughs> what was the Father Ted episode where he had all the floating heads? Everyone's doing a looking confused. That's right. Every once in a while, Vivian Wu pops up, and then they argue over you know who, who belongs to me. <laughs> But uh, the, the big casting news, uh, which I only read about today, I don't yeah, there's only pop up today. Yeah, um, was that Benicio del Toro has been cast. Yeah, in a major role. And unspec- I'm getting a little tired of this shit. You know, in say a- who the fuck it is. Just say, just say who the fuck it is. Like they're in an awkward position because they're adapting comic, and the, as well as that, the kind of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Nova Corps, and all that have had reboots in the last five, ten years that could work as movies. You know, they've yeah. had that kind of, I don't know who does the art, it's all very painterly. It's not Alex Ross Kinnear, it's kind of muddy. Yeah, yeah. And you see them all lined up in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. They've got Nova, Annihilation Wave, all that kind of stuff that are kind of, I think they even rebooted Nova again now as a kid following the bad, something like that. I don't know. So don't know, actually, there's like a lot more local, like before that, there's not, I don't know if there's enough lot of stuff they'll use. Mm-hmm. So this, this is more like cinematic stuff they can use. So there's a lot smaller yeah. canon to pick from when you're guessing the characters? Yeah, yeah. But what, did you see the thing someone said might be Thanos, right? Yeah, I mean... I, I just, th- all I saw the hint of that on, on Twitter, someone saying, use the um, verbal kent, what was it? Fester, Fester from The Usual Suspects? Use his Usual Ver- Suspects book. Verbal kent. Wasn't verbal, wasn't verbal Kevin Spacey's character? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so who oh, was... Oh, Fester. Fester, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fester, that's right. So... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> just force of habit. Yeah. I just... For those of you uh, who can't see, which is pretty much all of you, I just yanked this cushion because I wanted a cushion. I didn't realize there was a bowl of fruit on it. <laughs> yeah. Blueberry, nice. Blueberries are a euphemism. Not, nice fruit, by the way. It's very nice. Thank you. But um, um, yeah, the, someone said he read the whole thing in... Basically, right. everyone who has seen this wants him to be famous. Yeah. There are a couple of people who are saying, Rocket Raccoon. Um, I don't see that happening. <laughs> it could work. It could work, but... Groot, does Groot only say Groot? I... <laughs> I've heard because I don't, I don't, I don't read. The, I haven't read those comics, but I heard that all he says is "I am Groot" or just Groot. That's all. Everything he no, just no, says no, is I've Groot. Heard something Groot. Very I, I, I'd be very surprised if they go get Guillermo del Toro just do that. That'd be amazing. Benicio del Toro. Benicio, sorry, yeah, not Guillermo. Well, if they got Guillermo to do the trip, Benicio's in town. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think she just recast it all Mexican. Yeah. You know why not? Uh, personally, a I'm Mexican gonna, space raccoon makes as much sense as anything. It does actually. Personally, I I'm gonna go on a, out on a limb and say the only role that seems to make sense is Thanos, mm. uh, because he actually, you know, kind of has Thanos's jaw. I never, I never. It's not exactly the voice I expected for Thanos, but yeah. uh, but then again, I would never have uh, guessed that Benicio del Toro would be cast as an as, as uh, Anthony well, Hopkins' English son either. Uh. That was terrible. <laughs> probably not the best Thanks comparison. Thanks for reminding to make. me of that. No, probably not the best comparison to make. But, but I mean, people have said that uh, Whedon has as, as, uh, hinted at uh, Thanos might be manipulating actions from behind the scenes and Guardians of the Galaxy. It might not be in Avengers 2. They might save him for Avengers 3 or something like that. He might be getting stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So he might not be that. There might be some other bad guy in place. Maybe. 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 I mean, they did say that the, the main bad guy. Uh, of of Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be uh, Ronan the Accuser. Yeah. <laughs> did we talk about this last? <laughs> we podcast? did talk about it, and, and the amazing ain't it cool talkbacks. So what? What is he just going to be walking around pointing fingers at people? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> uh, so so I don't know. They never they never specified who was going to be playing Ronan the Accuser either. Although although they did say that it could potentially be Lee Pace. 
Uh, uh, who was a guy who was recently cast, saying that he was going to be cast as a villain. And also for Doctor Who fans. Karen Gillan was yeah, uh, as, uh, as being cast as a female villain. Yeah. Again, they won't say which which, uh, which or character. Or if she'll is. actually be there with your voice. God only knows. The movie's going to be so CJ heavy, it's going to be yeah. insane. Yeah. And not, she, I don't know. I mean, she was playing a clueless character kind of on Doctor Who, so I don't know. Not clueless, but, you know, kind of it's kind mm-hmm. of sort of one of those things where it's like... She looks slightly ditzy. Yeah, if you haven't seen her in something else, and I haven't, it's hard to break that from the character. I, I think it'll be all right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually very excited about this cast, more than any Marvel film. This is a very weird cast. Mm. And you've got Chris Pratt... Uh, <laughs> Even James Gunn directing. James Gunn directing. Glenn Close. You know, Glenn Close, John C. Reilly, Benicio Del Toro. This is a weird fucking cast. Yeah. Um, it's going to destroy Marvel. <laughs> I just like gotta set up shop after this movie. Like we're done. <laughs> I mean, this is easily the biggest risk Marvel has ever taken. Mm. It's doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, whether you are familiar with the material or not. It's a ballsy move, yeah. and to be doing it on this scale, I mean, they're going. This is one hundred percent sort of like cosmic hardcore science fiction. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be kind of interesting and it'll really piss off DC because Nova Corps is very similar to Green Lantern Corps yeah and they fucked that up yeah so if, if, they, if Marvel pulls this off DC is going to be pissed well, remember was it the Marvel Phase 2 Phase, we're, phase 1 we're in Phase set. 2 yeah, with yeah. The, but the Phase 1 box set for the Avengers yes came with some concept art Remember when it yeah, came yeah, out? There was yeah, a lot yeah, of concept yeah, yeah. that kind of put around the web, and it was like they showed some from Guardians of the Galaxy and some, some yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. So there's a picture one this morning of the Captain America 2, the Winter Soldier. Up until yeah. now, we've had Steve and Black Widow most of the time. But yeah, but we've, uh, we've uh, lately we've uh, gotten a pretty good look at the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and um, it looks incredibly it looks close to, to what the they comic. had to the but comic and, 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 and the conceptual uh, art. Yeah. So the conceptual art, when they had that conceptual art, they also had the Guardians of the Galaxy art. Yeah, they, they, yeah. If they met in any way, shape, or form, well, meet that, it's going to be insane. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm spending lots of money on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I'll just stay in the cinema. Yeah, how much, how much for the whole day? How much for the whole fucking day? How much day? for the whole cinema for the whole day? You don't I don't want anyone else in there, just me. You don't understand. This drug lasts for hours. <laughs> I need to be here. You have to go low class. You can't. I can't go low class. Go class or not? Because of what happened? Go class? Because <laughs> of what you did. The abuser! That's right. <laughs> the only superhero movie I went to see in Gold, ca- Gold, Gold, cast. Gold Class was Captain America and it, and it fucking stalled on me. No, the film stopped. The film, st- uh. the film stopped during his fucking transformation scene. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> What's going on? That's weird. I haven't heard that happen here. Well, the Gold Class ones are a little. In some of the cinemas, they're a little. They're not as up to date as everyone else. I mean, enough. But no, no, the uh, the pictures I've seen online of the Winter Soldier, I'm pretty pretty impressed. It looks yeah, it looks like the Winter Soldier, and even there's one showing the metal arm, yeah, and yeah, the red yeah. the red star in the corner, yeah, and he's yeah, got yeah. the mask on and everything. Yeah. So uh, and being directed by the guys who direct Community, so yeah, I'm really <laughs> I'm I'm really intrigued <laughs> to say the least. It's just a big roulette wheel with like pop in and pop in and out inserts in Marvel. It's like it's okay, just, it's going to a second movie. Hang on a second. It's like line all the most like, no unlikely guys. I think they just, get, they, they, they just get a bucket and, and they, they write down like a whole bunch of directors' names who you know these directors cannot say no to people. And there's someone in the room going, "How has Terrence Malick not come up yet?" <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Malick's going. He's the, he's the black ball. Once the black ball comes out, it's like, oh shit, what? Terrence Malick directing Spider-Man Four. <laughs> no, no. Nah, Terrence, Terrence Malick, I don't know. If, if you could choose any Marvel East character. Coast Avengers. <laughs> Alpha Flight. <laughs> they just sit around discussing being Canadian. 
Hey. Alpha Five the Canadian ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see Terrence Malick direct Doctor Strange. That could work. That could work, actually. Mm. Or Namor. He just swims around talking to There you go. Namor. Namor. The Submariner. Submariner? Or, Mariner? The Submariner. Or Submariner. The Submariner. Mariner. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> we come from different parts of the world. We say shit differently. Actually, no. He should... Uh, Terrence Malick should actually do the Silver Surfer movie. Yeah, just trippy as fuck. Yeah, just like it's not on Earth at all. We're not even no, in no, it. It's no, just, no, no, it's no, just no, no, him going between planets and just looking at stuff. That's right, just looking at stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And Ryan Russell, I don't think there's a crossover with <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy where he just runs into Ron McHugh's. It's like, Surfer! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Kind of linked to the Ron McHugh's thing. Um, have you heard of the Reddit website? Reddit? Yeah. Yes, I've heard of it. So. It's a bit complicated, but they've got basically all these, you can upvote comments and all this kind of stuff. So the one with the most votes gets to the top in each forum. And so, you know, someone's already searched the internet for the shit you need. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of anything called Ask Me Anything? This sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, a lot yeah. of, uh, like the president did one and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of other people do it. And the thing is, it's uh, like, it's literally, you have to, the question that gets upvoted the most, you're supposed to answer that. Right. And the idea is, it's Ask Me Anything. Right. Now, there's a lot of people have had problems with this because they've gone on there to publicize their new movie and they've tried to drag the conversation back to that. Right. And when you've got a thousand or two thousand nerds online upvoting questions about your past, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's called Ask Me Anything. Yeah. You can't go off it. Right. Samuel L. Jackson had a good one. Woody Harrison had a fucking terrible one because he kept bringing it back to Rampart and in the end they just started taking piss out of it. They just started fucking around. Right, right, right. And it was absolutely <laughs> terrible. And they started putting together animated gifts and being a dumbass and getting the Rampart poster and saying, this movie at the time. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson did one recently where he basically said uh, we're trying to raise money so he means if you donate to I think it's, it's an Alzheimer's uh, mm-hmm. charity because mm-hmm. he's interested in this charity mm-hmm. if you donate to them he will uh, and he wants a monologue of no more than 300 words he will read that monologue yeah. and when I checked this last week the uh, the highest uh, read one was something like for an alarm clock right I was like wake up this is Samuel L. Jackson motherfucker and he's like oh that's kind of stuff <laughs> Um, he went on the videos of, he's going to do two of them now because they made so much money. They made, I think, where is it? He made, yes, the Alzheimer's Association. They had to update it twice. They made, they made 70K at one point and made 150K at the point, at the point I saw. Holy shit. So he just talks about, for about, there's a video I'll put up when he first, he just talks about, it's just reinforcing how fucking cool he is. <laughs> but essentially he talks about, thanks for doing this, it's going to be great, I'm going to do another one. So he doesn't say, he says, I'm not going to read out the thing I said I was going to read out. And I think that was the actual thing mm-hmm. that he was going to read out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Saying yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, reading yeah, yeah. it. And he starts going on about giving up acting. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go into crime fighting. Excellent. Because have you heard his voice? Like he's not, because like, and you may be thinking, you're a bad motherfucking thespian, but like you ain't fighting no crime. Well, we're not thinking, you know, I'm going to walk up to someone and say, hey, man, stop it with that motherfucking crime. I'll put the video over the end of this, but it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would be great as Ronan the Accuser based upon that video. Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson can play pretty much any role he wants, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, I mean, this is just reinforces how cool he is. Just doing that is badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even before Sam, even before I knew who Samuel L. Jackson was, when I was just, like, I remember even the first time I saw him in Coming to America, which was his first, I didn't realize at the time, but that's that was actually his first movie. Wow. Um... Even then, I thought this guy's funny as fuck. Mm. You know, even in that that small little bit where he goes to rob the McDonald's. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's all junky looking, right? He's got a long coat on. Yeah, he's yeah. got a long coat on. Yeah, he was he was he was playing a lot of junky type characters. Didn't he used to be a junkie around that time? Was he? I think he was at some point. He might have. Been. If he wasn't, sorry, most most actors are yeah. at some point or another. 
because uh, even in uh, jung- even in like a Jungle Fever, he was all fucked up as well. Yeah. Did you see uh, Michael Douglas's? Why well, Michael Douglas was in the news in the last week? Yes. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> now, so Michael Douglas was apparently uh, he's going to clarify that. They're like, he, he didn't but no. So the thing is, so last week he was interviewed by the Guardian, who are not someone who are usually put, you know, they're not prone to scurrilous rumors no. and happenstance. No. So they asked him, you know, in his partying days, uh, does he think it was all that smoking, drinking, and all the crazy days that contributed to his throat cancer? And he yeah. says, no, he doesn't think that. It was apparently down to the uh, human population. Papillomavirus, virus, papillomavirus, mm-hmm. which comes about from cunnilingus. Does it? Apparently, right. And then he went on to say that, but if you've got it, apparently I'm cunnilingus. Call, I'm just going to call my doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, it, it, but yeah, it's sexually transmitted disease that causes cancer. And if you have it, cunnilingus is also the best cure for it. Okay. Douglas's reps of things come out to say that he was misconstrued, and that wasn't what he said. But the Guardian actually just said, ah. Uh-uh. Is the MP3 recording of you fucking saying it? I mean, as you say it, like they just the the, the interviewer just bursts the shit out. <laughs> so yeah, he thinks cunnilingus causes cancer. <laughs> well, I hope to God he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, but Captain Zia Jones ain't getting no more. No, 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 no. Now I'm gonna have to get some of that bipolar sex. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. it's fucked up. You know, I should have I shouldn't have gone there. You shouldn't. Well, speaking of Michael Douglas, uh. <laughs> Michael Keaton's real name is actually Michael Douglas. Is it? Yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm a big Michael Keaton fan. I'm a big fan of both Michaels, but I'm a big fan of this Michael This might be Keaton. the best segue ever. Yeah. And um, have you seen the, the the new pictures that have been released for, for Birdman? Yes. It's, who's it? It's Jose? Is it? Alejandro Gonzalez. And, ah, fuck. I can never get these bastards' names. <laughs> Alejandro Gonzalez in Inartu. Not that. In Arctic, whatever. I'm, I'm guessing. See, I, today, I saw this news story yesterday. That's but the problem when you're in Malaysia. No one, no one tells you how to pronounce fucking Mexican people's names. <laughs> so how about all the time you said sure How about all the time you said SoCal? No one pointed at that either, no? Dude! <laughs> they, never, dude. <laughs> they, they never told me their last name. <laughs> hey, everything, everything Jose, was all, dude. <laughs> everything was all Jose, Jesus, Jess. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> you you know, I'm sure that I'm sure that Jose has trouble pronouncing my Chinese name as well. Mm. You know, or Gavin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot easier. Just yeah. tell them your first name. <laughs> so, what did Jose? Uh, what did he do? He directed before. Um, he directed Babel. Yeah, he's directed a lot of heavy-looking movies. Yeah, he, you know, he's uh, the, he was the first um, Mexican director ever to be nominated for Best Directing Oscar. Ah. And uh, he's got this new comedy that's coming out called Birdman. Is it clarified? It's a, is it confirmed it's, it's a comedy? It's, it's a black comedy. Okay. It's a black comedy, and it's about um, it's it's uh, it's about a, it's about an actor played mm-hmm. by Michael Keaton who is whose uh, claim to fame is playing an iconic superhero. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it just gets you know just you know and uh, as Tobey Maguire, basically, <laughs> or Michael Keaton, only taller. <laughs> I have a feeling Michael Keaton's taller than Tobey Maguire. I don't know why, but I think I just think he's about this big Tobey Maguire. Really? I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so basically, it's this guy who is known for portraying an iconic superhero, and uh, his career has kind of gone down to the dump since then. Mm-hmm. And the movie revolves around him trying to mount a, a Broadway play yeah. to try and recapture his former glory. And uh, the, the film is about the days that lead up to the opening night. Yeah. And first of all, I think this is a great role for Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, because he can't keep playing the same FBI agent in all those Tarantino movies. That's right. That's right. And he really only did it once. <laughs> uh, but what else has he done recently? But this, um, well, he was 
what? The other guys. The other guys. Uh, the other guys, and um, he does a lot. Of, he's also done some TV stuff. Uh, but the film also stars Edward Norton, Naomi Watts, Emma Stone, Zach Galifianakis, and uh, Andrew Riceborough. Oh. So it's got a pretty solid cast. And I just really love the idea for it. And there, there's a couple of um, images that have been released that show that show Michael Keaton look, looking pretty disheveled, being followed, followed by this followed dude. by <laughs> his, I mean, followed by this guy in the Birdman suit. And you can only imagine that this is probably like a figment of his imagination. Yeah, it seems like he's haunted figuratively and actually by this dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping it's a hard R, and we get this Birdman guy just cussing the guy out. You know, like just, I just hope that he, he calls <laughs> Michael Keaton like all these horrible names. Because I don't know. I, well, While he's trying to do Broadway. I'm, yeah, I, it, that'd be great when he's just doing, like he's screaming. You can't! <laughs> he's doing this this monologue on stage, and you got this guy in a Birdman outfit just hurling obscenities at him. That's that'll be awesome. <laughs> and I'm 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 very easily pleased when it comes to people dressed up as super, as, as fake superheroes swearing. Mm. When there's lots of cursing, and you're wearing, you know, which is why I like, well, which is why I like Kickass, yeah. which is probably why I like Kickass too. Yeah. I just get a kick out of watching superheroes curse. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was the one thing that kind of upset me about Watchmen. There wasn't enough cursing in there. No, not enough. You needed, you needed more in costume cursing. Have you seen? Is that the story? What's the one? Woody Harrelson is a superhero. I have it there, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh. Like he's, not, he's, not, he's not a superhero. He's a vigilante. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's I, weird. I, I, I didn't see that. Now, have you seen Super? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That Shut up, crime. That was quite funny. It was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more news then. You saw that uh, after saying no, Sam Mendes is back on Bond for Bond 20. Bond 24. 24. And uh, possibly 25. Oh, really? What? I didn't hear that. Um, yeah, I heard this mainly because uh, there's people have been saying that it could potentially be one of those two parters. Oh, because that works so well for Casino Royale and the Quantum of Yeah, well. Well, because initially, do you remember Sam Mendes went on record saying that no fucking way, he's not doing another one? Well, it wasn't that. He had theatre commitments, apparently. He was doing Charlie in the Chocolate Factory at the Royal Theatre, Drury Lane. And he was also doing King Lear uh, with Simon Russell Beale at the National Theatre. Bullshit. Bullshit. Bullshit, man. This is, this is, this is, what, this is, what, this is what happened, all right? All right, you were there. Fucking, fucking Sam Mendes is like, you know what? I want to direct Bond, but I got this idea. It's two movies. You got to split into two. And they're like, no. And he's like, fuck you. I ain't doing it. Yeah. Oh, guess what? Some theater work just popped up, you know? And then finally they're like, uh, Sam. And he lets the phone ring like six or seven times. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just like, oh, look, it's the Bond people. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. I'm Sam Mendes. American Beauty this, my ass. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like, fuck you, jarhead. <laughs> I'm just going to like hurl all – I'm just going to find – I'm, I'm sure Sam Mendes does that. He just finds ways. Hello, Sam Mendes, the guy who brought Bond back. How can I help you? He just finds ways to fit in his movie titles into his conversation. He looks like that kind of cocksucker that does that shit. And that, I'm telling you that's what happened. He's like, oh, shit, look at this. I'm doing Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Hmm. Oh, well, you know, sorry, Bond. I could, you know. Sorry, miss, which broccoli they're doing it now. I don't know. It's not Kobe, Kobe Rocky's dead. It's his daughter, right? It's yeah, yeah Barbara. 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 Um, and so, I'd say high school was fun for her. That's right. Barbara Broccoli. Barbara. I'm sure she found a way to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she went to probably saw a lot of James Bond movies. Um, Did a lot of coke. There you go. <laughs> Sucked off Sean Connery, probably. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, saucy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> uh, yes, that's the title of this podcast. <laughs> And no, and I guarantee you, they, 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 you know, they tried to call him back. He wouldn't pick it up. And finally, they emailed him. It's like you can do two movies. 
I don't know. I don't like that idea. It should a bond is a standalone thing. It's it's it's. I know it's pop, I kind of pop it's pop cultural. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think this is a horrible idea. If it's true and it's split into two, I think it's a horrible idea. I think mm. Sam Mendes is an asshole. Unless Bond dies in the first one, like actually really dies. I think that's an amazing idea. <laughs> <laughs> and we can cast someone who again who isn't blonde. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, I do like Daniel Craig. I liked him less since he, since he married Rachel Weisz, but, oh, yeah. but it's good because she married him, and now I can start enjoying Darren Aron- Aronofsky movies again. Oh, really? Because yeah, he used to be annoyed he used to, No, he used to be married to her, so I was oh. like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. You really that much into Rachel Weisz? Uh, just on a purely superficial level. I don't really you know, care. I, w- I wouldn't go see a movie just because she's in it, you know, but if someone gave me a pinup, I'd put it on the wall. I'd burn it. The mummy movies, <laughs> fucking, they fucking scared me. You see, I don't, I don't think about the mummy. I think of chain reaction. <laughs> Yeah, she looked wore a lovely sweater in that, right? <laughs> yeah, she wore a lot of really nice sweaters. Yeah. Chicago is really cold. <laughs> that movie's dumb. It is dumb. <laughs> so- evil Morgan Freeman. <laughs> or slightly less evil Morgan Freeman. It's evil Brian Cox, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Morgan Freeman's evil until the third act where you realize, like, Mike. He's actually twinkly. He's actually kind of, kind of evil. Mm-hmm. As long as it's for the good of the country. Yeah. Because Morgan Freeman can't be entirely evil. No. You know. Because that would be insane. Yeah, you just can't do that. That, that. That's that's like having God in your movie and, and having... It be, and have him kick a kitten. And at the end of the movie, you know, have God just sort of like piss on humanity. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> he pistol whips an eight-year-old child. I would I would pay good money to watch that movie. What? God I, pistol- where, where, where God pistol whips an eight-year-old child. <laughs> In the in the on the kneecap. Oh, oh that's so much worse. That's <laughs> played by Nicolas Cage. Uh, Followed on last week's uh, photos of the X Men, we also have an update this week. Have you seen this? The uh, Peter Dinklage character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking awesome. <laughs> awesome. He's the coolest man on the planet right now. I fucking love this picture. <laughs> it's just him walking in a tash, and like he looks like. It looks like they cloned Peter Keel, uh, Keel, Richard Keel. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got yeah. that Jaws look about him. Like he's got the same. He's got Jaws's haircut and tash. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you were just to cut it off at the waist, he looks like like a like a seventies movie star. You yeah. Know? Like, he looks like a fucking like Tom Selleck's dad. He's gonna do some coke, smoke a cigarette, and then you know get jiggered to bitches. There you go. Hang out with Shaft. Boom. Boom. We're going to reactivate a feature we haven't done in a while. Uh, Have you seen this week's toy of the week? Uh, Would you be referring to the, uh, you know, and I'm not even not even look. You can't look. That's exactly what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put photos of this on the site, but uh, Uh, for those of you who um, can't be in the room with us looking at my laptop, yeah, we've got Hot Toys. I mean, uh, Hot Toys is this amazing toy company that uh, they've bought over a whole bunch of movie licenses. They're based out of Hong Kong. They do amazing, amazing. They're based in Hong Kong. Yeah, they're based out of Hong Kong. Oh, for the child labor. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, no, Medicom is Japanese. Okay. Um, Hot Toys, I believe, is Hong Kong, and then Interbay is China. I okay. think. I think I could be wrong. All switch up nations. I, I could be wrong. There you go. Um, <coughs> but uh, we're huge Robocop fans here, here yes. at uh, McGuffin Prize, and. Um, these are fucking huge. These are Robocop amazing toys. Robocop toys. There's. Um, it says diecast. There, there are two. There, there are two. One of them is a special edition Robocop figure. These, these figures usually clock in at about 12 inches, yeah. and it comes with his, uh, his chair, the chair that uh, the OCP, um, 
Yeah, the, his, his, his he, sleeping chair, his resting yeah, his chair. Sli- his, his sleeping chair that uh, that that um, OCP sort of installs in the in the uh, in the basement. But is it, it's the same toy in both sets, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. same Robocop toy. It's just yeah. The seat is different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only the one that comes with the seat, if I'm not mistaken, has more interchangeable shit. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the other one is... They have a battle-damaged helmet, battle-damaged chest plate, and then they have a couple of faces, including the one where he's freaking out. He's like, yeah, yeah. the Grimace one. Yeah. And they also have the hand with the data spike sticking out. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. No, it, this is awesome. I mean, it's not cheap. None, none of the Hot Toys figures are cheap. No, how much do uh, you think this is going to Malaysian, In Malaysian Ringgit, this will probably clock in at about six, 700 bucks. Okay, yeah, so for the for the figure on its own it's three hundred US dollars. With him with, with Robocop with his chair, it's four hundred and thirty dollars. And Robo and Ed two oh nine, which I I want this yeah, so I, 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 bad. Ed two oh nine is four hundred dollars. I, I really want oh, Ed two oh nine. That's that's a lot of money. <laughs> I've wanted an Ed two oh nine ever ever since nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's these very look expensive. these look like little fucking 12-inch fucking versions of the thing from the movie. Although they don't have it, I, I want it because I would just, they have them on kind of a photo of the set, but I would just build the staircase yeah. and have Ed 209 just like gingerly putting one foot down. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta like just do that. You gotta recreate. Or rolling on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Squealing like a pig. You call this a glitch? <laughs> you have 20 seconds to comply. Here's my credit card! <laughs> It's it, these look. I'll put the photos up with these. Uh, I mean, they, they, they look amazing. Yeah, I know. He, well, if it, you're unfamiliar with hot toys and you like toys and you're rich, <laughs> <laughs> then I highly recommend you check out all of the Hot Toys toys because they're they're amazing stuff. They're, the face sculpts are amazing. Yeah, I mean, even just like the the fact that you can replace what the, the jaw on on the visor. Yeah. And there's three different faces, and the way they have them posed in the photo, they're identical yeah. to what you saw in the movie. I mean, it looks. Like, yeah. there's a photo of him in the chair having a nightmare, and they've got the teeth bared, and it looks so fucking amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... They're, they're fucking amazing. Yeah. It's not getting around it. I mean, these are amazing toys. Yeah. They're expensive, but you do get what you pay for. Dead or alive, you're damaging my bank balance. There you go. So, yeah, that's our toy of the week. Well, toys of the week. Toys of the week. And did I have something else? Uh... Oh, great TV, great TV, great TV. Oh yeah, we also have, oh the other thing we had the the, the Don Juan trailer. You mentioned that. So what did you think of that? Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's letter. I don't know. Basically, I feel like this guy has uh, written it's a, dir- it's directorial writing and a. It's debut. his writing and directorial debut. And watching the watching the trailer for this movie, I really did feel like was this guy spying on me throughout my college years? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you were that douchebag. <laughs> I was I was a major douchebag. <laughs> Uh, no, this this movie actually looks... Yeah, we'll just wait while Ian... Was? Was? Yes, I was. Was? I was. I've changed since then. You're slightly less of a douchebag. (laughs) Even more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, this is a story, but this is a John Gosset... John... Don John. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's directorial debut called Don John, and he plays a guy who is essentially... He's a narcissist. He's a Guido, right? Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's, he's Jersey Shore. Yeah, he's a he's a narcissist. He's obsessed with his body. All he gives a fuck about is making sure that he's, that he's fit. And what he's does he done. list? He lists my body, my boys, my girls, girls my porn, my, my family, and my, my church. My porn. Oh yeah, my porn. And then there's a little, there was a bit of that reminded me very much of like it's gonna be fine. Yeah. What's that movie? A uh, serious man. Did you watch that in the end? No. No. <laughs> awesome trailer. Awesome trailer. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. 
gonna be fine. And he's just listing off these things again. Be fine. Don't do that. Break something like that. All right. Um. Um. And but he's doing uh, similar in this. Yeah, and it's it's this a weird it's this weird romantic comedy uh, that ex that about this guy who's obsessed with porn and he meets this girl played by Scarlett Johansson. If there's any woman who can make me give up porn, it'll probably be her. Mm. And, and uh, she's into her love, love she's stories. She's into her uh, romantic comedies. Fucking but I think that's kind of interesting that he's done this movie that explores the fascination with romantic comedies from the female point of view and pornography from the male point of view. It is kind of fast interesting that he's that he's go taking that route yeah. and that he's trying to create uh, a piece of commercial cinema with around, it, yeah. around that. And from uh, from what I understand, all of the reviews have been very positive. Oh, and I hear that, and I can imagine it's good. But the moment Scarlett Johansson opened her, I mean, they, I know they're acting, but it feels like they're acting. Yeah. Like, the moment she opens her mouth, it's all, you know, what you doing? You know, it's real fucking, it's so New York, it's it's like a caricature. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of took me out of it for a bit. I was like, I hate this all of a sudden. I don't really want to hate it, but it's I kind of hate that, it. That didn't bug me. Yeah, I just, I really just couldn't, I don't know. That didn't bug me. It bugged me. <laughs> it really bugged me. But then it ends, per it got me back, it won me back with the end, where he's, he's driving along in his car singing Good Vibrations, yeah, Mark, 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 Mark. Yeah, and yeah. then it stops his car and it stops the traffic light because some girls behind him and kind of yeah, yeah. And as soon as the girls down. go back and then he starts singing again. Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 was that was cute. That, that was, was cute. cute. I mean, the one thing that kind of that kind of lost me is that the trailer would suggest that after having sex with Scarlett Johansson while she's asleep, he's looking at porn. He goes out into the living room and watches porn, and and to me that's a little. Would you I mean? <laughs> Well, can't you, can't the dude's you, usually asleep first. Can't you just wake her up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're ready to go and the, go rela the relationship just started, she's not going to tell you to fuck off yet. No. So yeah, that that kind of lost me a little bit, but it looks very slick. Yeah. And um, I'm interested in seeing it. Yeah. I just I, I got taken out of it at that one more point. Of point. So really no, the accents didn't bug me. Yeah. Moving on to uh, emails and Twitters, the Twitter that we got this week. We got a few more. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Kelpie got in touch to ask, Hi guys, I am planning, oh, for those of you who were using the contact us form when we ignored you, it was broken. <laughs> it's fixed now. <laughs> so you can send it's us. It's fixed. You can, you can, you can you get can. in touch again. Uh, Kelpie says, I'm planning my first trip to Hong Kong. Any suggestion or warning on how to deal with the Hong Kong keys? Also, which Hong Kong films would you recommend? Uh, when it comes to Hong Kong cinema, I am a big fan of the 80s. Really? Yeah, and 90s. I would suggest I would suggest go through anything, go through all of the old John Woo stuff. Um, yeah. You know, uh, fucking Hard Boiled, The Killer. A Better um, Tomorrow. A Better Tomorrow. I would go through all of that stuff. Um, I would go through all of Chow Yun Fat's movies actually. Uh, mm -hmm. Ch Chow Yun Fat, um, as far as you know, as far as American movie goers are concerned, they think of him purely as an action man, but he did some amazing work. All about alone. Um, uh, he's he also did a lot of uh, really 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 cool comedies. Mm. Uh, so I would definitely definitely uh, check some of that stuff out. Um, also, Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. That's that's right. All three of them. I mean, I was I saw that like from the Laser Specialist DVD store in Dublin, where we went to. I went to the basement uh -huh. and just had a look along the remember Tartan clothes, right? Tartan the Tartan uh, brand. They didn't have Tartan on them. They were just like. Yeah. Those ones at the photo, the DVD covers at the photo at the top and the grey on the bottom. They were yeah. all uniform, but they were all world cinema. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a there's a shop in London near Forbidden Planet that just had racks of those. Like, I don't have enough room in my suitcase. But we'd go in there, got through 
shitloads of foreign movies and uh, the Infernal Affairs and watching all those. And then when I got there and seeing the buildings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of expected the car bomb to go off because the movie I've watched too many of those movies by yeah. that point. Yeah. Like Skyline Death. Yeah, <laughs> I got this. I got this weird association in my mind. But uh, also, they're just fantastic films. I really, really highly recommend those movies. I love them. What's his name? Um, who's the pretty boy? And who gets more, he's more than the pretty boy, but they kind of think. Any love? Yeah, yeah. He's great in that. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, uh, to me, Hong Kong cinema kind of. Um, it's Chongqing Express, Hong Kong. That's not China. That's more. That's more China. Yeah. Uh, and um, this is the guy who did two zero four six in the mood for love, Hong Kong. Um, two two zero four six. That's Wong Kar Wai. Wong Kar Wai, uh, who also did um, uh, Chongqing Express. But he did in the mood for love as well. He also did in the mood and for love. And that was Wong Kar. Yes. Yes. Um. So it's but. The sort of really exciting Hong Kong cinema for me is the Hong Kong cinema that I grew up with. So that is the stuff from the late 70s and, and the 80s and to a, to a lesser extent the 90s. By the time the 90s came along, I mean, it was, uh, it was already, it was, it was already sort of splitting off into Hong Kong cinema, China cinemas, mm-hmm. uh, Japan and Korea was, uh, was starting to steal a lot of their glory, um, with the stuff that they were coming up with. Um, there's another horror, um, like in terms of Hong Kong comedies, there's a, there's a very famous, Saga called it's it's a mad mad world which is about this which is which is about this uh, Hong Kong family who uh, keep, keep trying to get rich uh-huh. and they keep like like they win the lottery and it's like in every movie they get rich and then they lose it and um, they, it was the, this, the parents were played by Bill Tung and Lydia Sum who were these two but they always played a couple mm. and uh, Bill Tung was also in this other horror movie that was really cool called Bless This House yeah. um, which I mean. I don't know what the Chinese titles for these movies are, but if you can find them, uh, these are these are really really good movies. I mean, The Blessed House is a really solid haunted house movie, and uh, there's also a series of films called Happy Ghost. Uh, the sequels are shit, but the first one's really good. It's with Raymond Wong, Loretta Lee. Cool. <laughs> so, so yeah, what's the one about the, the haunted website? Is that Hong Kong? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. And in terms of how you deal with Hong Kongians, I don't know. You just gotta. I'm a white guy. I'm a fucking cattle prod. I'm a white guy. It worked perfectly fine for me. It's like, you, you boy. Ah, Just poke them. (laughs) (laughs) They will move. I love the fact that I was there. You you get off the subway and you walk out, and the train you need to get is waiting with the door open on the opposite side. It's like, how did they know? Uh, what else we got? Uh, Lily the Lobster says Who, in your opinion, is a handsome movie director? Michael Bay's Michael Bay. got Michael Bay's a dick, but he's got great hair. He's got Michael Bay. I'm looks surprised he hasn't done a L'Oreal ad. Mike, <laughs> where it just blows up. He's just—he's too busy doing those Victoria's Secret ads. Hmm. He does Victoria's Secret ads. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. There's shitloads of them. Really? Yes. That's what he does between Transformer movies. I thought he just blew shit up in his home. No, he does Victoria's Secret and blows shit up. <laughs> when I get home from a hard day on set, my hair's all shinned from blowing Shin? My hair's all seams and blowing shit up all day. I like to watch some Michael Bay's the only director I can think of that directs Victoria's Secret ads that involve explosions and a helicopter. <laughs> and a helicopter. <laughs> He's like a Michael fucking Bay. No, I mean, that question, the first name that pops to mind is... Michael Bay. Is Michael Bay, for uh, some weird reason. Uh, he's considered... He's a, he's a pretty boy jock. Yeah, yeah, he is a little bit. I'm trying to think. You're, you're trying to think of the rest of them. None of them are particularly good. Looking. They went into directing because they're not. They're well, not, I mean, <laughs> not, not to say they're ugly, but they're not like. I mean, you're a director, and you're hideous. There you go. Yeah, they don't. They don't look like movie stars. You yeah. Know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, what's what's Steven Spielberg hiding under that beard? I know most directors look like character actors. Yeah. You know, so it's 
It's a little hard to say. Who else? Who else? No. Tarantino was. Nah, he was never good looking. No. No. Fuck well, Christ. No. You know, and I, and I suppose actors who also direct don't count. Uh, I don't know. It could. Otherwise, you can throw George Clooney and Ben Affleck in there. You can throw Mel Gibson in there. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely Clooney. I mean, he's a good looking guy. I wouldn't say that. Affleck was great in Random Games. He was better in Phantoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Nast. And, well, I guess Todd Phillips is decent. Is he? His movies are shit. <laughs> Some of them are shit. Not all of them. <coughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of the director of these days. John Favreau? He's put on a lot of He's weight. He's put on a lot of weight. Iron Man 3 was fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Hulk Hogan. He wasn't happy Hogan. It's like I was always like... What? I was YouTubing a little bit of swingers. He was fucking thin and ripped in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so money. Yeah, he was very money. Uh, huh. Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh, he's got a silver fox thing going on now. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a decent looking guy. Hmm. Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, women-wise, who's directing movies these days? What about the crank directors? I don't know. They're always hiding behind baseball caps. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Yeah. yeah. Michael Bay. There Michael you go. Bay. That's the answer. Yeah, <laughs> you saw that? I mean, I'm, I like, I love the, the, the cast announcement this week for the trucks. Actually, no, no, no. John Singleton. No, John Singleton. John Singleton's a pretty, pretty, pretty good look, pretty mm-hmm. good looking director. But, um, you know, you saw that Michael Bay, the reveals of the trucks. And Justin Lin. Justin Lin's not horrible looking. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not horrible looking. You're a nice scalp to be there that week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so much million with Fast 7, Fast actually, 6, but, you know, actually, said I wasn't actually, that good looking. Actually, the, the new, ba- I mean, the, the younger crop of directors are actually far more attractive. Unless they get to get anywhere in this the immediate obsessed age you have to, right? Yeah, you kind of have to be somewhat decent looking. I mean, it's like, well, ours have a thing, like Sam Raimi... Looks a little bit like a potato, so he wears suits all the fucking time. Yeah. And even, what's his name? Um, Batman guy. Um, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan he, wears yeah. suits all the he time. He wears suits as well, yeah. I, I like that. Motherfucker. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I mean, it, it's cool when Sam Raimi wears a suit and the hat. Yes. When he has the, like, you know, crack fucking can't hat on. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, like, yeah. you see that's behind the scenes shots of that. It's like, who's the boss? He's the fucking boss. <laughs> there, the observer. Ask yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we have one more one for Twitter. Uh, Austin Stock Abu, who's someone to share house with. How did Spock turn up in the new Trek, new Star Trek? And I was like, uh, one or two, because I thought it was explained. He says two. I remember part one, but thought that loop had been closed in part one. So yeah. that loop was that loop was never closed. It wasn't a loop. It's a thinking of it as a loop is the wrong way. It's a separate splintered timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both of them can exist, although if the time cops correct, they can't. Touch. Yeah, they can't touch. If they do, they will. <laughs> They'll turn to Joel Silver. Not Joel Silver. Ron Silver. Ron Silver. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to get that wrong. I always get that wrong. Speaking of Tom Cop, it's going to be remade. Yeah. Yeah. As long as someone does the splits in the kitchen to get away from a taser, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Where did the car go? What does that say? Wolverine? Read between the lines. <laughs> Where did it go? Where did the car go? Remember, when I was because when I read the news about this, it was like, yeah, they got in a little car thing. Mm-hmm. And it fired them at a wall. Yeah. Well, it fired them at a giant Taurus. Yeah. And it's supposed to leave the time machine yeah. right then. But if, then, the, if the time machine failed, you would end like the, up the, the twins who were the stains in the wall. Yeah. yeah Although yeah. why they put a wall there, I don't know. Why don't yeah. they just put the runway from the end of Fast Six, which apparently is 120 kilometers long, yeah. based yeah. upon the landing yeah. speed of the plane and yeah. the duration yeah. of the why, sequence? You know, if you know there's a chance it might crash, yeah. you know, why, why did you put that? Why wall? is there not a room full of balloons? Because you need that dramatic image of these two dumb motherfuckers you got flying towards the wall. Yeah. 
Okay. But th- wouldn't you when they the when wall? they travel through time? Wouldn't you remove the wall after two people smash into the yeah, yeah. No. yeah. And just kind of see it sort of keep that wall as a keepsake. Yeah. On another wall and hang little bits of it on I that wall. Ne- so never you forget. Could, so you never forget that yeah. sort of thing. And when they get to the future, wait, when they get to the when they get to the other end, where's the car? They just fall. Where's the car? It doesn't matter. And when they get back, they're back in the car. It's when when Optimus Prime transforms into a robot. Where the fuck does this trailer go? <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it. It's a very personal. <laughs> where's the trailer? It goes up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the next if I have a, next time I go for an audition. Well, it's got to be a job I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you ready with your first monologue? I'm just going to go up there and scream as loud as I can. Optimus! And then walk up. Give me a part. Yeah. <laughs> That's all these motherfuckers do. Give mm. me a part. But you did see Look, the- I even placed my hand on the side of my mouth the way Shia does. Come on, dude. Give me a part. <laughs> Is his career dead now? I haven't seen him around. Charlie Booth? No, no. Still around? He's still around. He's still doing shit. So my voodoo's not working yet? No, not yet. Not yet. I think you need to change fucking voodoo doctors, dude. His career's doing pretty well. He's doing that movie Nymphomaniac, um, and he's doing um, this movie called uh, Villain, mm. and he's, uh, guess what he's playing in that? Uh, he's doing, um, and he's doing this movie with uh, Brad Pitt huh. called Fury. It's a, it's a tank movie. Great. A tank movie. <laughs> World War II tank The movie. slow and the heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess uh, I, I guess Brad Pitt must really be into the whole World War thing at the moment. I I saw a couple of things on Twitter saying it's not bad. I'll I'll read Bounce Press with you up. Uh, I read uh, Empire's review of it. They we're talking about World War Z. Yeah. Uh, I read. <laughs> it does. It I know. I don't care. And uh, apparently the review is saying that it's it's good but it's not great. Okay. It's not the mess that. That, uh, it looked like in the trailers. That it, it's not the mess that everyone's been trying to make it out to be because of all the production woes and all the reshoots and all of that. Mm. Uh, I remember we got Dame Lindelhoff in to help with the script. Yeah, that's never a good sign. <laughs> that's never a good sign. What if I move this here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was meant to be our climax. Yeah. <laughs> but it works better here. You can't introduce this black goo in the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> but I really think that we should open the movie here. <laughs> <laughs> At the end. At the end, it worked for Prometheus. No wait. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the reveal of the the the, the real stars of, of Transformers Four, right? Yeah. The, I don't. The Optimus Prime truck seemed to have a split in the middle of the grill, so it's easier to fold the toy out. I personally, I, I thought uh, it looks really cool. It yeah. actually looks closer to the to the cartoon now. The truck. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still, it's still not a. It's still got the flat no, front. No, no, but you can, you can do the flat front. Yeah, but Michael, now, Bumblebee's now a black Camaro, like. Where does his name come from? Although, yeah, I suppose he's, he, he doesn't look like a bumblebee. Although, Hound. Have you seen Hound? The big fucking truck? The the, 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 green, the green military view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, there's a lot of walleye lenses in those photos. It's really cool. But there's like Optimus and two Autobots. I mean, that again shows you the way they plan these movies. They've got a, is it Bugatti? Yeah, yeah, and another one that's like just two unnamed death Autobots. I was like, who are these guys doing? Okay. Look, we'll figure it out. Right? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Just fucking. That's uh, Jazz. I thought he died. I don't care. <laughs> Oh, Jazz is coming back? I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Michael Bay keeps track? Dude, he died in part one. He wasn't in part two or three. Somebody, I saw something on YouTube the other day about Transformers, about RC and the Transformers movie, and they actually counted like she was on screen for 30 seconds, and in that time it wasn't clear 
whether it was one robot divided between three bodies or three different robots, all of whom, all the ladies got Michael, ice. Michael Bay's commentary about that character is fucking hilarious. What did he say? I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of like, now look here, look at this useless piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah, it wasn't doing it for me, so I mean, like, kill, her, kill her off. <laughs> something like that. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious. Moving on to our reviews. I think I'll start with Naysini. All right. And then you can do yours, William. No kidding. Okay. Planning. Awesome. So Naysini is directed by uh, Louis Letrier. Director of The Transporter 1 and 2 and The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. And he also directed Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Weird choice for this because he's... I'm trying to get away from Clash of the Titans. Yeah. yeah. So this movie stars Jesse Eisenberg. He's a Fisher. Isla Fisher. Woody Harrelson and Dave Franco and their former just and Michael Caine and Michael and Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman I was going to get to that Michael Caine I was going to go and introduce your oh well you know sorry carry on they're four magicians who are summoned by this hooded character yes they're all and you see them doing their tricks like uh, Jesse Eisenberg's close magic he's all about come closer he's a fisher does like escapist tricks but like with a gory twist Uh, Woody Harrelson's a hypnotist slash mentalist like and you see them on they're not doing great. And Dave Franco was like doing um, spoon bending tricks on the, the New York ferry and robbing the customers. Right. So they're not doing fantastically. This guy this guy, mysterious hooded guy, gives them tarot cards, they go to this place, they have to complete a series of tasks, and then they're presented with a hologram of a plan. Mm-hmm. And it's a great trick. Put to a year later, Michael Caine's their backer. Mm-hmm. And they're in Las Vegas putting on this amazing show. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they pick a guy who's from I was a bank in France, mm-hmm. and they rob his bank. He robs the bank, mm-hmm. and he leaves behind a, ca- a calling card in the in the vault mm-hmm. that is there in France. And it's like the money is distributed to the crowd in Las Vegas. So this brings in Mark Ruffalo and uh, Melanie Laurent, who's Shoshana from um, Glorious Bastards. Yep, yep. So that brings them, and also Morgan Freeman's been introduced by this point as well. He's a debunker. Mm-hmm. He makes his money. He's the guy who's like the mass magician. You know, he does the, he does those shows where he show, explains how the tricks done. Mm-hmm. So he gets to be a condescending dick mm-hmm. to Mark Ruffalo for quite a while. Because Mark Ruffalo is just this angry FBI guy who really wants to be taken down the gangsters. Yeah. And yeah. now he's dealing with these fucking magicians. And we see in the trailer, they show a bit in the trailer of him in, uh, interrogating Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson. Yeah. They don't show any of him inter- inter- uh, interrogating Isla Fisher or Dave Franco. Yeah. And at that point, we followed the magicians up to that point. They're called the Force Force Yeah. From that point onwards, we followed the cops. Mm-hmm. And they're after the magicians. So kind of flips it. Right, okay. And that took me out of it. Right. Point from there onwards, they're going to do two more tricks. They publicize this, and, you know, Mike Ruffles clearly is like, well, where are they now? He's like, well, I'm going to go to find them in New Orleans. Like, more of a premium like, well, how do you know they're in New Orleans? Is there another trick? And it's like, no, they handed that wire up the shelf. But dude, that's a good, Morgan Freeman gets to have a whale of a time ragging on how dumb Mike Ruffalo is. Right. So they're going to do two more tricks, and then each trick will involve somebody's money mm-hmm. being redistributed and you start like you would in the prestige or anything else figuring out mm-hmm. how are they all connected how are the hints they're dropping connected mm-hmm. and it also starts going who's saying that mm-hmm. and I can't really say any more about I don't want to say any more about the block because I'll ruin it right. but I will say that when you do find out who it is mm-hmm. it makes some of the coincidences required for the block happen make more sense right, 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 right. is it good it's entertaining but the problems I had with it was what there's a there's an the tricks have to be real, yeah. right? They have to. For a movie like this to work, like a, it's ironic, a movie that magic has to be real. Yeah. So the first trick, you see that happens, makes perfect sense. Right. 
Right. In introducing that first trick, Isla Fisher takes off a scarf and throws it, and it spins through the air in an unrealistic CGI style, and it reveals the machine I don't use for the trick. Yeah. And at that point, you're like, I don't trust this movie. Yeah. You know, and then the fact that they were shown the plan, I mean, it's a cinematic way to show the plan is, there's a hologram. Yeah. But we know holograms with lights in the wall where Woody Howe standing in front of one of the projectors. You wouldn't be able to fucking see it. It would be <laughs> on his back. Yeah. You, that's again, you think, well, are they just going to say it was all lasers <laughs> and leave it at that? So they didn't, but the, that kind of, it took me out of the movie. And that's the, that's a, that's a quiet move for any movie to take you out of it. Jesse Eisenberg, and that, that scene we see in the trailer where he takes the cuffs off and goes across, he's great being a smartass. He's an unlikable smartass. Mm-hmm. But you're not with him anymore. Yeah. You see them on the stage show, and they get to do barking, you know, stage barking. Yeah. They're just doing the show thing. So they're yeah. not really characters anymore that people do the show. Yeah. Isla Fisher might as well just leave. She does fuck all. Like, she's involved for one trick more kind of because it requires relationship length. Because supposedly she was an assistant to Jesse Eisenberg's character, Adam. It was supposed to be, you know, on and off relationship there. There's hints at it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, to cut something's in Malaysia, but I don't think they cut the movie that much. Yeah. And there's a little bit of it near the end of their arc, but it's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Dave Franco gets to have, there is a badass mad, mag, magic themed chase in yeah. the middle of the movie. Yeah. Where he's like throwing, um, plane cards. Because yeah. one of his tricks is throwing a plane card to cut at something. Mm-hmm. So he's throwing them so hard, it's fucking with the other guy. Right. Or doing all these kind of magic, or throwing a, what you call it, the paper that combusts as soon as you flick it or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is disappearing paper. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. But their plotline, the Four Horsemen, they're called, their plotline just ends. Mm. Very, very unsatisfactory. Right. Like, it's just like, welcome, because they've been doing all this thing for this mysterious benefactor, they find out who it is, and then they just disappear. And it's a little bit more with the mysterious benefactor, it's not so mysterious. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Like it does, it internally makes sense, but it's like, well, what did, where do they go next? The, where, the, who's the, who's the main character in the film? Mark Ruffalo's kind of good. He's great as the kind of grumpy FBI agent guy. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little thing going on with him, him and Melly Laurent. But I mean, it's nice the way that that thing, well, who could, anyone could be involved. Like Morgan Freeman's character is supposedly out of it, but he gets, you know, could be circumspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melly Laurent could be circumspect. She's an Interpol agent that, you know, not, all of a sudden she was doing a desk job before, now she's in. Aspersions are cast all over the place. But just with those, Fakey tricks and losing those characters, I was just like, oh, fuck it. And you, you know, at that point, you're just sitting there waiting for the tricks to resolve. So. Right. So if you do go see Super Nice and you won't go back then, I just, I, I just felt it, if they eliminated the CGI completely, mm-hmm. I would have bought into more. Mm-hmm. And if they'd shown more of those characters, like, cause it seemed to have the dual track thing going. And then it switched over and then had a little bit more in order to facilitate a trick. And then that was it. Right. So it kind of, Try to have its cake and eat it, basically. And didn't didn't follow through. Mm. Okay. The end of their storyline was I just found it incredibly. So you would say it's more of a rental. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't say it's necessary to see it on the big screen. No. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I saw the Hangover Three. Okay. Now. Uh, now this now. is okay. Well, first of all, hey as, now. as you know, as you know, I was not a fan of Part Two. No. Uh, it was dog shit. Well, I mean, it's it's repeated, it repeated the first movie. Yeah, I mean, it was lazy filmmaking, yeah. as far as I was concerned. It was lazy storytelling. It was Home Alone 2. Mm. You, you remake the first film, except it's a different location. And, you know... It's, something, it's in a hotel. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I didn't enjoy the second one. I was not really looking forward to the, the third one. I didn't really feel that we needed a third Hangover movie. Mm. Uh, I wasn't even sure we needed a second, you know, but... Yeah. 
because I really loved the first film. Yeah, the first one was great. First film was great. Because it was weird and off the wall and they expected. Yeah, yeah. And he's on the roof the whole time. Spoiler. Uh, now, with the, with, the <laughs> with the third film, okay, first of all, this film is the worst reviewed of all three films. Yes, it's getting, like, people, I've heard people saying, like, people stare contractually. Bradley Cooper looks like he's waiting, he's reading, he wants to go back to his caravan to read uh, scripts for next Oscar. Probably, probably, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me. But, uh, you like lazy acting? <laughs> me and the missus loved this movie. Really? We had a great time. We laughed our asses off. Really? Now, what I, I mean, one, one thing, <coughs> one thing about this film, and this seems to be something that's pissed off some of the reviewers. Okay, first of all, there's no bachelor party. Mm -hmm. There's no hangover. Yeah, well, isn't there something at the end? Slightly? Is there some kind of callback at the very end? There's, no, no. I mean, like, nobody, nobody gets, uh, you know, like, there's no hangover, there's no bachelor party. Okay. But, um... There should at least be a hangover. It's in the title. Well, it's... No. Maybe they just called it the Hangover 3, no hangover. With the exception of Chow, nobody gets fucked up. Okay. Um... Fuck Chow. Yeah, fuck Chow. Uh, but this is what... What I really like about this is that I just found this movie quite ballsy. Really? I found it to be quite a brave film for a hangover movie. Like, uh... uh what, what... Considering how lazy and... Weak second one. Yeah, this one actually, this one kind of bypasses the uh, the second one. You don't need you don't need you don't need to have seen the second one at all. Mm. Uh, all of the things that you need to know about the second one are mentioned in this one. Yeah. Uh, except for the fact that okay, now Stu's married. You know, like because uh, you know, like because Stu got married in part two. Yeah, to the Asian. Yeah, to the Asian chick, and so still with her. Yeah, she's still with her, and uh, you have basically that's who got removed. Yeah, I mean, like you got one scene, you got one scene where she's there, and if you hadn't seen the second one, you'd be like, "Who's she?" Yeah. But aside from that, she's his wife. Yeah. Aside from that, you don't need you don't need to have uh, seen the second one at all. And this film suddenly it becomes this whole thing about trying to explore mental illness because it's Zach Galifianakis' it's, it's, character is going through a rough time, right? Zach Galifianakis' character is basically he hasn't taken his meds, uh, he hasn't taken his meds for months, and um, his behavior is in, becoming increasingly erratic. And, um, it wasn't that stable the, that way. The yeah, but it's much worse now. Like the final straw, like that whole, like, like that, uh, that really funny bit in the trailer with the, the giraffe, giraffe. That's how the movie opens. Oh, really? <laughs> the movie opens. Well, actually, no. The movie opens with a prison riot. Okay. And it's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> prison riot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, basically, if you wanted to subtitle this movie, you could call it Hangover Three: The Search for Chow. Okay. Uh, it's that. Because John Goodman wants Chow. Yeah, yeah. But it's this whole thing of um. The movie opens with uh, this uh, in this Thai, uh, Thailand prison. There's a huge fucking uh, huge fucking riot going on, and uh, the uh, the warden is just pushing through all this chaos to get to this one cell. And then when he gets to the cell, he sees this poster on the wall, and it's Allah Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, he's like, gone. He's gone. And then he's like, "Chow!" <laughs> and then it cuts to Zach Galifianakis. He's got a fucking giraffe in the back of his car, and. <laughs> The, the trailer shows that the giraffe buys it, yeah. but the manner in which the giraffe buys it is awesome. <laughs> and they don't cut it. Oh, wow. I mean, I think, I mean, one thing about this film is that there's very few, there's hardly anything seems cut. Mm. Uh, the movie is filled with fucks all over the place. Yeah. Majority of them go through every once in a while. Some of them get censored. I think mm. that the censorship board has a quota. It's like, we gotta get, we, remember we, we, got, we gotta cut something. Yeah, because remember Star Trek, there was like, I mean, uh, 
there was a bit with, with Scotty's explaining the yeah. time warp thing was a cut they, there. I think they just got this quota where it's like we have to make two or three cuts. Yeah. We have to. And in Star Trek, there was only, could possibly two or three cuts. Yeah. Whereas in this, they've got a fucking smorgasbord of cuts to choose from. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think, I, I think maybe, I, I counted maybe three, maybe four cuts. Okay. And that's purely dialogue. If they cut actual scenes, I didn't notice. Yeah. Um, and I think we've, we've completely bypassed the yes. uh, LZ uh, thing for Star Trek. Yeah. You're like, what, what, what yeah. sexism? But it's pretty, but it's pretty weird in the sense that like you hear characters like going, "Fuck you, what the fuck, 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 fuck," and then suddenly someone says, "Fuck," and it gets cut. Yeah. yeah. You're like, what, what, were they asleep the last twenty minutes? Or did they just? What could they say that was worse than fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did cut. He fucked my ass. <laughs> really? yeah, they did cut that. I could, I could hear, I could, I could read, read John. I could read John Goodman's lips, and then Zach Galifianakis goes, "Yeah, he does that sometimes." And then John Goodman goes, "I didn't mean it literally." <laughs> but um, so it deals with this whole thing of Zach Galifianakis being off of his meds and acting really fucked up, and his dad Jeffrey Tambor after the um, shit. Blue berries. Blue berries. After, um... That's not you, Bism, folks. Yeah, shit. I've been rubbing... <laughs> What's this damn feeling on my... Okay. Anyway, I'm alright. So anyway, um, after, um, after the whole thing with the giraffe, Jeffrey Tambor basically says to this guy, he's like, you're, you're a 40-year-old man, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. You know, and, um... Zach Galifianakis is like, fuck you, no way, not going to do it, and puts on his headphones uh-huh. and starts listening to music. And then Jeffrey Tambor goes back, goes behind him to bitch to his wife, we've got to get him the fuck out, and he has a heart attack and dies. And the whole time this is happening, we see what's going on, and Zach Galifianakis is just, just listening to his music. And then that scene in the uh, the trailer where Zach Galifianakis is singing and all that. So basically the reason that, they, that the wolf pack gets back together is because... Um, they, they 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 decide Doug decides to uh, stage an intervention for for Zach Galifianakis, and they're going to take him to uh, a rehabilitation place in Vegas. Uh, no, not in Vegas. Oh, somewhere else. Yeah, and that's when John Goodman gets involved, and then they get him out to chat, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, and that's just, and the story sort of kicks off from there. And what I thought was interesting is like these guys must have gone back, watched the first film. And just found, just looked for something. What can we do? Because the, the, the connection between this and the first film is just one line of dialogue. Oh? It's one line of dialogue. When, when Zach, when Zach uh, the roofies that Zach Galifianakis buys from Black Dog, mm-hmm. that's how John Goodman is connected to the, to, to, uh, wow. to, to the whole thing. This line of dialogue where it's like, uh, you know, I, 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 thought, I thought he wanted ecstasy. It's like, there wasn't ecstasy, it was roofies or something. It was like, oh shit, I must be on the wrong drug. Oh, Marshall's going to be pissed about that. And he's Marshall. And John Goodman's. Wow, wow. that's so far. It's an awesome record. Yeah, and so, like, and so uh, John Goodman is playing Marshall. And John Goodman has this whole uh, connection with Chow because Chow has stolen from him. Yeah. Stolen a lot from him. <laughs> and, uh, and basically, it's like, Get they do not know how to. No one is in touch with him. No one is in touch with him except Zach Galifianakis. They're still in fucking touch. They're email buddies. Yeah. And so that's why they 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 uh, they, they hunt these guys down. And then in the only thing that is in keeping is that for insurance, John Goodman's like, you guys got to find Chow. In the meantime, this fucker's coming with us. And, and that's it's just Bartha. Yeah, he does fuck all. Does fuck all. Yeah. And when you were two, he didn't go with them or he stayed in the hotel? He didn't go with them. Yeah. He stayed in the hotel. He went up and, and, uh, and so that's basically the story. They have to go searching for Chow. So they, they, they got to go to Tijuana to find Chow. Oh, fuck. So it's, so it's, it ends up in Vegas. Yeah. 
And it's it was nice to it was it was nice for them to end up in Vegas. And uh, Haley Graham's character gets reintroduced. Yeah. Uh, Mike Epps is back as Black Doug. Uh, all of the cast is back. No. All of them are back. And what I liked about this is that there's there's an actual arc for the characters. Oh. Um, it's not just mayhem. It's not just mayhem. I mean, the the character arc is mainly Zach Galifianakis. I understand the criticisms thrown at Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper doesn't really do much in this, and whatever he does do, he seems to be shouting. Oh. So he, it's, not a, it's not a standout performance from him, but then again, he doesn't have much of a... You know, he's got the... the his character grows the least. Mm. You know what I mean? In that, in that regard. He's essentially the... You know, he's the male, he's the male booty. He's the totty of, of, of the fucking group. Yeah, he's the himbo. Yeah. Uh, but what I, what I really appreciated was that it wasn't always so um, intent on being a comedy, is that there are places where they do try and take this seriously, yeah. this whole idea about this guy actually being kind of fucked up. And the relationship between him and Chow is actually a very, a very strange, fucked up relationship as well. And I appreciated that for some reason. I mean, maybe it was because I was expecting a complete rehash of the, 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 the first and second film yeah. that I was just so pleasantly surprised by the fact that this has... This is Your crazy. expectations were so low. I mean... And why, also, did you, why did you choose to go see it? Because it was either that or Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious is really good. Yeah, but I, I preferred to go see this. Well, you should go see this. I'm, I'm not interested. <laughs> You've heard my review. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and um, I still need to watch three, four, or five again. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, this is just my own personal taste. I found it really funny. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, everyone else in the cinema seemed to seem to enjoy it as well. So. Mm-hmm. And was it um so worth going to the cinema or rental? Um, I, I mean, I, I I I had fun watching it. It's got a, like I said, there are a few cuts. Mm. Um, but I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. I mean. But then again, maybe I'm just kind of fucked up in that regard because some of the humor is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Some of the humor is quite tasteless. Yeah. And but I kind of like that, so it didn't it didn't bug me. Huh. Cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I actually think it's a um quite a nice uh, ending for the characters. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way that they ended, there's a nice sort of montage of of all of them together throughout the three films. And by the end of it, I was like, I was, I, I was emotionally, these guys. I was emotionally invested. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad they, I'm glad this is the way they ended. God, up. if we cut to what we were reviewing, Hangover Two, you're like, fuck these guys, fuck these guys. That's right. <laughs> cool. So, uh, I'll start off my double header of literary adaptations mm-hmm. with the perks of being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this stars Char- uh, Logan Lerman plays uh, Charlie. He's the guy. He's Percy Jackson. Didn't realize this. Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman is probably one of the most annoying motherfuckers in in cinema. Is he? He's Percy Jackson. Was he the guy from Spider-Man: Turn Up the Dark? Was that? He was something. That was something else. Logan something. Was it? No, no, no. That was that was another guy. Okay. Uh, he. But uh, this guy. He was D'Artagnan in uh, Paul Paul Anderson's uh, Three Musketeers. I didn't watch that. No, I, I did unfortunately. Oh. Well, in this. Um, he's fucking annoying. So I, will, I will hate him forever <laughs> because of the way he played D'Artagnan. He made Chris O'Donnell. Look amazing! Oh God! <laughs> this, this guy, this guy makes me love Chris O'Donnell. Mm. That's how annoying this fucker is. Although I've heard he's quite good in this. Yes, he's very good in this. Oh, and also, I'm not sure you'll like this movie at all. So, a, you hate him, and there's a good guy who plays a character called Patrick, who's Ezra Miller. Yeah, he's the guy, and we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are yeah, you yeah. gonna be able to handle this? <laughs> he's creepy as fuck. It's like, it's like a trigger warning for you. You just turn this movie. I'm like, what the fuck? And go throw some shit out a window. Uh, anyway, but I've heard this is a really good film. It's a really good film. So it's based on the book by Stephen Chapman. 
Chbosky, who wrote the screenplay and directed it. Right. So you know it's fair uh, fucking dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. that and had, I don't know how you pull that off. Like, I'd like to direct and rewrite the script of my own book. It's like go fuck yourself. We got Michael Bay, asshole. <laughs> you know I would love to see Michael Bay direct Perks of Being. <laughs> <laughs> the third act is just all explosions. Um, okay, the movie ends with Emma Watson blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing. So Charlie, the movie starts with him writing letters to his friend. Mm-hmm. He says, dear friend, I'm just writing these letters because he doesn't have a friend. Right. Um, it's pretty dark in that respect. He's kind of had a bad time, but they don't explain what the bad time was. Right. You know, I'm, I'm starting high school. Everyone thinks I'm a bit weird because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And you're not really told what happened. Use the tissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not really told what happened. He just refers to it obliquely. Mm-hmm. And there is this kind of his family treat him with uh, kid gloves. And when he's in school, he's like even trying to sit with his sister. She's in high school. It's the first day of high school, you know. Mm-hmm. But she's with... Uh, What's his name? Ponytail Kev or something like that. That's her boyfriend. He's like the only guy to the ponytail. So he like, sits on his own. He's got the only thing that keeps him keeps him going is he's got his English teacher, Paul Rudd, Mr. Mr. Anderson, mm-hmm. who um, spots on the first day that when he's asking a few questions about you know who where where the novel comes from, all this kind of stuff, he knows that Charlie's writing out the answers, but not engaging. He writes in the answers, doesn't put his hand up to answer them, mm-hmm. and so he notices that and kind of gets involved a little bit in his life. And it kind of just drops her in. Oh, and Kate Walsh is the mom, so you might love that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're in. Like, like, <laughs> you're like, in. Like a little Kate Walsh. And Dylan McDermott's the mother, my father. We've been worried about But it kind of, they were on the same show, were they? I don't know. No, they weren't. Oh. But it kind of skips around bits and pieces. He was in the practice. She's private practice. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't she in the practice before she was private practice? Was she? Didn't no, she no, have no, to no. Be? no, 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 no. It was the other woman. No, no, no. Uh, private practice is uh, a spin-off, spin-off from, of, Grey's from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medicine. Yeah. Boston Legal is a spin-off of the practice. What? That's how James oh. James Spader's character was introduced okay. to the practice. So, uh, again, I, I heard private practice. I was like, medicine's a law? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Ezra Miller character Patrick turns up as... Your parents were Indian. Uh, he's a senior who has to repeat um, shop class. Yeah. Because he's failed every fucking year. And if he doesn't pass, he's not going to graduate. Shop class as taught by Tom Savini. Excellent. Yeah. And he's a joker in the class and he doesn't really want to be there. But through one thing or another, Charlie's watching the, the, the football game trying to just get – he does not – no fucking friends. And he just goes and joins Patrick. Oh, and that's the other thing at the end of the, the first thing Tom Savini says. You know, <laughs> that's another thing about the end of the movie. No. <laughs> one of the key things, like Tom Savini says, you know, um, pancakes or something like that. And Patrick's like, don't call me Patrick. You call me nothing. And the teacher says, all right, nothing, sit down. And it's a whole gang through the whole movie. Everyone else in the school saying, oh, hey, nothing. So Ezra Miller plays the cool artistic kid. He's amazing. He's funny. He's like, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's still on the first 20 minutes, but it seems like way in the fuck longer. They start hanging out, and he's a senior, so he's going to graduate that at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, through him, he meets Emma Watson's character, Sam. Mm-hmm. And through them, they meet uh, Mae Whitman. You know, she was um, one of the evil exes. She was one of the, the, the evil exes from Scott Pilgrim. Yes, and, yes, yes. and they're the cool kids. They're like, they're hanging out. They're just a lot of Morrissey and some cool music. They've got good taste in music. They've got good taste in drug, mm-hmm. drugs. Mm-hmm. kind of hanging out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he slowly starts going to Michelle. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that story, because that's what the trailer it seems like. Yeah. And then there's complications along the way. Right. And those complications are fantastic. This is a real great summer for movies like Iron Man... It, I, it's weird lumping this in with that, and this is a, from a movie from last year, but like Iron Man 3, Star Trek, I didn't fucking know what the fuck was going on most of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you were constantly surprised. Yeah. This does that in a much more low-key way, 
but the editing is fantastic mm-hmm. in certain spots. You know, like you're just you're constantly. I felt tense for quite a lot in the first part of the movie, mm-hmm. and for the latter half, I was there's a third act shock that you will never see. All right. And then after that, there's some emotional payoff that was fucking fantastic. I would say, like, there was a point at the end about myself and the Jamie Dodger watching it, and there's, like, a graduation, and there's people running up bleachers, and I was like, if they just played Don't You Forget About Me, and one of them did this, I would declare this the best movie of all time. And did it? They didn't, mm-hmm. but that got me thinking, and I would almost, I can see this movie becoming, like, a breakfast club for people, for kids today. No, <laughs> I've heard that, actually. I, I've, I've heard that about this film, that it's um, a really, really amazing coming-of-age story. Very Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I mean, there's a cool thing that they go through the tunnel and there's a funny thing about them hearing. There's a funny thing in the, in the, in the book. I think it's, it's Fleet with Max Landslide, but in the film, it's uh, Dave Bowie's Heroes. Yeah. And when you hear that, it's, you, you want, you, I did that. I, put the, I did the Bender thing. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> to the future! <laughs> it, it's, I mean, I was really surprised. I was constantly surprised by it, which I love these days. I love going into a movie and having no fucking clue mm-hmm. what's going to happen with third act. Mm-hmm. And in this one, if someone had ran, if a, an orange man had rang into the into the house, slapped me in the face, and said you've been tangled, I would have been less surprised than I was by the, what goes on in this movie. Right. The characters are amazing. The cliche is avoided at all times. Mm-hmm. It, you're like thinking, I know exactly where this is going, and then it's like, oh no, no. Yeah. And then there's a few little budding romantic things. It's like I'm going to see how this is going to play. I'm like, no, we're going to ignore that for a while, or we're going to go that path, but not the way you think of it. And. Uh, I just thought it was fantastic. Oh, and young Neil from Scott Overton as well. Playing a jock, which is completely weird. Because, like, that kid looks weird. Johnny Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh... You punched the highlights out of her hair! You punched the highlights out of her hair! (laughs) But, I mean, there's also... Even this, there's there's a kind of a abusive relationship that's kind of touched on. You know what I mean? That's kind of things that just, like, it's in there. Yeah. And it's not a key theme, but it's, it's dealt with perfectly as well. So... I would highest recommendation of this movie. I thought it was great. Excellent. Absolutely fantastic. And there's some Smith songs in there. Excellent. The, 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 the thing is, he's making mistake with sleep on. Um, finish up then, my other review was The Great Gatsby, which I saw this weekend. Not in 3D, unfortunately, which might make it a little more sense. Mm-hmm. First impressions watching this movie, mm-hmm. I am sick to fucking death of Tobey Maguire's I'm naive and confused face. Yeah. You know the one I'm talking yes. about. Yes. I fucking hate that. <laughs> and you get a lot of that at the beginning of this. You, you, gotta, you gotta call the, actually, you gotta call the podcast that. <laughs> what? I'm fucking, fucking hate. I'm fucking sick of Tobey Maguire's naive or confused face. <laughs> uh, no. I was just like, it starts off well enough, you know, they show things that are cool and all that. I mean, and, listen, uh, let me get into it. So I'll get into it. But it's a dad who's of the book by Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, he moves into a house next door to this fucking palace. It's like a forgotten gatehouse, large place. And he's commuting the, the, to, to, I mean, he studied as a lawyer, wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. He's doing bonds. Uh, it's next door to this house home with Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Gets this invitation, but apparently all the weekends there are like parties. People go, everyone drives to New York down. If you party there, they will come. And they're insane parties. And no one has an invite. And he's the only one with an invite. Right. And that whole section, I'm, after listening to the soundtrack since, I'm liking it more out of the cinema than in the cinema. Because it's got that weird mix of old-timey and not old-timey. Yeah, yeah. And the choice of music, I mean, maybe in 3D, I don't know why, it's supposed to be overwhelming. 
Yeah. And I was totally overwhelmed. It reminded me too much of a packed Saturday night in Zoom. Yeah. And, you know, they're all going back there as the after party. And he's waking up on the chair drunk. I was like, God, this sounds familiar, but it was way more fun than what this looks like. I was getting overwhelmed by it. Yeah. In a bad way. I was, I was actually just kind of like, I hope this stops. It's a whole movie like this. I will kill it. And the suit was packed. Smaller cinema and kids to see. I will fucking kill everyone in the cinema. It was mm-hmm. like I was getting really annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. Once you've seen the photo, right, of Leonardo DiCaprio, but spoilers, he's Gatsby. Yeah. Holding out yeah, the yeah. glass. Yeah. That moment, I was pretty close to standing and was saying, fuck this movie. Yeah. The Jamie Dodger laughed her ass off because you see the, the ring being, you know, there's kind of, he's been introduced, but no, no one knows who Gatsby is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He then comes out and says, sorry, I was forward, and I meant to catch you earlier. And he, I was like, oh, they say he's a German spy, and I was going to say, you know, yeah, what's his name? He makes mistake of saying all the rumors he's heard, but he turns around, Gatsby's there. Yeah. And he does that shot, and the fireworks go off, and I'm like, fuck you, Basler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it calms the fuck down. So you've got Kerry Mulligan is, uh, Tom McGuire's cousin. Yeah. Uh, she lives with Tom McKinnon, who is uh, Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Who I don't know what else he's been. I don't know. I he was in. He was in Warrior. Yeah. Uh, he was in. No, uh, I know he's been. He was in. The, he was in that uh, was the in, remake of the thing. But it's like he was in the Odd Life of Timothy Green. Has he, he played? He played an asshole in something because he plays an asshole really well in it. He was uh, in Animal Kingdom. No, I haven't seen any of that. Anyhow, mm. that kind of cool. Carrie Mulligan was there, right? and it turns out there's a history between her and Gatsby, and he's trying to get. Things going and everything ben, else. The Joel, the Joel Edgerton role was actually supposed to be played by Ben Affleck. Really? Yeah. And uh, the, and Ben and then and then around the time when they were start uh, going to start shooting, um, uh, funding for Argo came in. Ah. So but, that would have been interesting. Also, oh, that's the thing. You're instantly he's a dick. Yeah. He's cheating on the luminescent fucking Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. And there's a parody with Isla Fisher. He gets more to do in this movie than she did in her own movie. Now you see me. Yeah. And that scene as well, they're trying to show the exuberance of New York at the time. And there's like a dude on the fucking stairs playing a trombone and it's all crazy camera work. And the parodies are a lot like Young Hearts Run Free in Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Once it calms the fuck down, it's actually a pretty good movie. Once that shit gets out of the way and you start to you start puzzling over he's doing certain things, why is he bringing Tobey Maguire around? Which is the same as the book. I read the book. I remember yeah. reading the book. Yeah. The thing that freaked me out about it was that the book I got had the... There's a whole point... You've read the book, have you? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, there's a whole thing in the book about between where they live in New York, there's a, an old sign for a spectacles factory. Mm-hmm. And it, it's constantly looking down on the, on the road and they drive past it. It's like, you have a watching eye. Mm-hmm. And... That picture they have is the exact same actual picture that they had on the cover of the book, on the copy of the book I read, which actually was quite weird and freaked me. I was like, oh, they got the same edition, they got the same poster, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing with a car crash later on that kind of accelerates the end of the story. But it's all about Gatsby, um, Daisy, yeah. um, the relationship that made that they, was in his past relationship, where that's got to now, how he got to where he is, what his past is. Joel Egerton being a massive dickhead, Toby Maguire wiping that shit off his face. And there's a weird, there's a framing thing that's not in the book about him being a morbidly alcoholic uh, in a mental institution. And he's writing, he's told to write out the story. Right. Which kind of doesn't work because Nick Carraway didn't write the story. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I heard a lot of people complaining about that online and stuff. But I mean, once all that all the new music is in those parties, all the kind of Lana, the, 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 some of the, the Lana Del Rey song I've been listening to a lot since I saw the movie on Sunday. It's going to be two days, but I've to a lot. It's a, it is a fantastic song. 
a lot of the music works really well out of the movie. Mm-hmm. In the movie, that music, because you get the, the with the kind of, it's not, it's not, if it was dubstep, it would be awesome, but it's not. It's like, when I was listening to the soundtrack afterwards, I was thinking, this is late 90s, early 2000s techno. Mm. It points. And that might work. I might need to see it again to see if I can buy into those scenes being overwhelming. And that's maybe the point. Mm-hmm. Because they are supposed to be fan- amazing. But some of the things that happen in those parties are certain characters who are done up to look like they're done up. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got the kind of, you know, the weird wavy kind of pullover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's one guy who has an excessively wide mouth. I don't right. know if he's a guy, if he's, um, Rit, the other guy from the Flight of the Concords, but it looks like slightly like him. Or the guy who plays the the only guy who can play the he, the organ in Gatsby's house right. is supposedly a descendant. He says he's a descendant of Mozart. He always a colorful. And so it, that's overdone. Right. Whereas when it's just Gatsby, Leonardo DiCaprio, Carrie Mulligan, and Tom McGuire, it's a different. It's it's, it's, the, it's just it's turned down from the level. Yeah, and it works a hell of a lot better. Right. Leonardo DiCaprio seems to have the worst fake tan. Since Sam Rockwell and Iron Man 2. He's, uh-huh. You remember Sam Rockwell and the Orange Hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's points where there's actual just color along his chin. And I don't know what that's for. I, I mean, I, I can't, I can understand. I was thinking maybe if it was shot in 3D, I'm not sure, was that, was the high frame rate or the 3D that required them on The Hobbit to shoot, to have the colors amped up on set? You saw that? The, the, yeah, the yeah, white yeah, 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 Like yeah. The, the, the woods were purple. Yeah. But on film, they show dark black. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's that, but like, it's really distracting. Mm. He's got this smear on his chin at times. Mm. It's like, why? I don't know. DiCaprio's pretty good in it. I still have my problems with DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. There's um, a scene that's kind of played for last, which is the first meeting between him and Daisy. Mm-hmm. And he's gurning at parts of it. And I get it's supposed to be this awkward moment, but he's actually kind of like, you know, his mouth is stretched wider than normal and the points are down and he's like, mm-hmm. in the corner, like looking. This is my confused face. This is my anxious face. You know? Right, right. And I was, again, it took me out of it. Where it's like, this isn't a character, it's a caricature. Yeah. But thinking about it, again, it might be, because it's a face on a book, that might be intentional. Because the thing that I'm constantly going through the movie is, I didn't remember the book at all. Yeah. I've forgotten about it. I just pointed like, is it over here? And I thought we ended here. I didn't remember this happening. So, there is a facade to Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And that might more make more sense. The Jamie Dodgers reading the book now, so you might be able to explain it. But for me, it felt like artifice from and making the movie a production standpoint, as opposed to a plot standpoint. Right, right. So it kind of took me out of it. But by the end of it, I was actually bought into it. So if you can get all that hump at the beginning and not kill anyone, not walk out in the cinema, then you're all good. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those films that um, you know, along with the Lone Ranger, you know, for some reason, I just don't give a shit. Uh, I didn't give a shit before. I was like, I want to. See what what it's like. Yeah, no, I mean, again, like the Lone Ranger, I'm gonna see it. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's it's not something I'm necessarily in a hurry to see. And I was disappointed I didn't see it in 3D. It's not available in 3D in Malaysia anymore. But I was actually disappointed because even the start, they've got the Jay Gatsby. You've seen the cover of the album. It's that yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. baroque, or not baroque. Yeah. It's modern yeah. 1920s Bauhaus. Yeah. Right. Anyway, mm. it's got that shit, and it goes in. Like the Enterprise's engines warping, and um, from there, there's a lot of fireworks and stuff that like a lot of glitter, and that might look amazing, pretty cool in 3D. Yeah. I need to see if I can find it. Someone did an article about a, a kid reviewing the book based upon the movie, and it was like a, a 12 year old writing it. I need to because I heard it on another podcast, and I need to find that and put it up because it's like The Great Gatsby is a movie about glitter. And <laughs> it's, 
Gatsby and Daisy wants to go with Gatsby because doesn't because of shirts because it's a whole thing of enjoying shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty funny. So I need to see if I can dig that up and put it in the comments because God help any high school student who tries to review the Great Gatsby based on this in the book movie because they'll mention things that aren't in the fucking book. Like yeah. that that framing sequence isn't the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was in, I, emotionally invested by the end of it. I just I find that at the beginning and you just get old. I was like, oh. Can't you turn it down? <laughs> Can't you look visually and orally? I'm trying to sleep, asshole. <laughs> Read the fucking meter some other time. It might have not have helped that we were in the smaller TGV cinema and it was uncomfortable and there was no salty popcorn for the second time. Right. And then, and then I, well, I, 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 I always allow that to get in the way of my movie. Right? I couldn't get the headrest. There was no headrest, so I had to kind of light on this. You know, like the headrest is a shoulder height. Mm-hmm. You should have got the couple seats, dude. You weren't in that one. I mean, Gatsby's fucking, it's not on any, it's not in any of the GSEs anymore, it's gone. Oh, right. I mean, it's only been two and a half weeks, right? Finally, Malaysia gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> get out! <laughs> okay. Uh, so you go, go, get perks, get perks on download, it's really good. Alright. The perks set on download, it's really good. Okay. And uh, to round stuff off, we will uh, start by going over the top ten box office results for... Don't send For Malaysia. Not even, is it? At number 10, Kutipuli. No idea. At number 9, Marvel's Iron Man 3. Number 8, Roll. Number 7, Star Trek Into Darkness. Number 6, Vikas Kantal. Number 5, The Hangover Part 3. Number 4, Jurassic Park 3D. Do you have any interest in seeing this? There's a part of me that does, and there's another part of me that's got shit to do. Just leave when, I'll just leave when Samuel L. Jackson's arm falls yeah. down in 3D. Access. 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 Uh-uh-uh. <coughs> uh, say, say the... Magic word. Number three. Now you see me. Uh, number two, epic. I've heard relatively good things. I bailed on the screening for this because I was just like, oh, it looks terrible. It's like the parts of it look cool and parts of it look retarded. So oh, I, the retarded bits are the bits that look like from from Gully, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or are they the bits with and Caesarian? Yo, did I have a snail? I don't know. I don't know what happened. At some point in that dude's career, he became really annoying. Was it thirty seconds or less? Because I haven't watched that. You watched that, right? I saw that. Yeah, yeah. he was really annoying in that. Yeah. <laughs> the only th- actually and was that, it when he hosted the MTV Music Awards. That might have been it. The movie Movie Awards. Movie that might have been also when I when I I don't know. It was like this thing where I thought he was quite funny, and then at some point, some you point, wanted him to die. I was like, I mean, yeah, that's a bit drastic, you know. But I was like, this guy's really fucking annoying. His stand-up performance for me is still observe and report. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? I haven't. You, sh- you should see that. I had too many. It's a really weird movie. Too many connections to Paul Blart, Mall Cop. I couldn't. It's a really weird movie. I haven't watched movie. that either. Uh, at number one, he's fucking racist. He was accusing me of trying to blow up the Chick Fil A. <laughs> Why would I want to blow up the Chick Fil A? It's fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and at number one in Malaysia, it's Fast and Furious Six, which I'm having a uphill battle convincing people to see this movie <laughs> which you should it's really good watch 5 first I gotta watch 5 first you gotta watch 5 and if you're really gonna invest you should see 3 and 4 first okay because it is a quadrology in the uh, number 10 in the US box office Mud I really want to see this again hearing good things it's, yeah. it's, it's continuing the reconnaissance number 9 Jawani Hai Diwani is this the US one <laughs> hey don't fuck around with Bollywood uh, yeah. <laughs> number 8 The Great Gatsby number 7 Iron Man 3 uh, number six, The Hangover Part Three. Number five, Star Trek Into Darkness. So hang on, that's the Hangovers doing well, doing worse than Star Trek. I started for a few weeks. <laughs> number four, Epic. 
No, no, it says new, but it's actually the second week. Second week, yeah, yeah but yeah. still, it's, that's like what three? It's fourth week. No, no, it's gonna second. be. It's not. It's gonna be the lowest grossing of all three. Yeah. But it's been making. Um, it actually beat Fast and Furious internationally. Wow. So uh, it's it's uh, they're gonna make a fair bit of money with the international receipts. Star Trek's dropping quicker than the second one, uh, first yeah, one. Yeah. Which is not that you're knowing the world. Yeah. Uh, Number four, epic. epic. Number three, After Earth, which is not getting good reviews. No, it's no. the worst reviewed film of the summer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think Will Smith's gonna think twice before he puts his son in another movie. Mm. Number uh, two. Now you see me. And uh, number one, it's Fast and Furious Six. That must piss Will Smith off. You know, he's like he knew he wa- he probably wasn't gonna beat Fast and Furious, but he must be pretty pissed off that now you see me. Beat stilted him. and weird, and people saying the Scientology elements to it. And people are saying that the movie is a straight up Scientology movie. Sci- Scientology movie. There's volcanoes it's, and there's a whole thing about controlling your your emotions over yeah, yeah. so and being in the presence and all this. Kind of, I, I saw the Hollywood Reporter has a it has a. Uh, a, former, a former Scientologist uh, review. Yeah, it has a summary on a former Scientologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story, yeah. It's yeah. like this is this is Travolta. This is like this is his battlefield Earth. It's really interesting because there's a guy. Uh, he used to write for PC Mag, and he moved into writing, and then moved to screenwriting, and he wrote the Book of Eli. His name's Guy Whitta, mm-hmm. and he he's a screenwriter on this. He's a screenwriter, and he hangs out with uh, one of the podcasts, the San Francisco area podcast I listen to, and he's a nice guy. I mean, he's a bit opinionated and stuff, but and mm-hmm. um, he just well, he he knows the guys from way back. Mm-hmm. And so he just wanders when he's not working on a movie, mm-hmm. he's in the podcast. He's yeah. a patron, just chills out there and argues with them over which is the best PC board in all time. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm interested. To, I mean, I'm not sure what he's going to do because he was brought in to put the story around what Will Smith and Jaden Smith came up with. No, I think it was just Will Smith. Well, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. see the, the, the thing on Greg Norton's show? Yes. I, I kind of had to skip through it because I was getting embarrassed for them. Because it's long, right? It's like, yeah. So I'll, for those of you who don't know, I'll put a link up, but it was basically... I thought it was pretty awesome. Mm, I mean, know. it was awesome when Carlton turned up. Cause it was yeah. Carlton, but like... Uh, Will Smith and Jaden... Will and Jaden Smith were on the Graham Norton show. Oh, and the show. Oh, and Heather Graham was sitting beside them. Yeah, yeah. Along with Bradley Cooper. And Heather, Heather Graham. Yeah. And basically it was this whole thing where uh, I think it was a year prior or two years prior uh, that... Uh, Will Smith was on the show, and uh, he did an impromptu thing of um, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. And so that was how Graham Norton brought it up. It's like, but it was last, also, but now it's more of an anniversary, right? It's, it's, it's like the last time you were here, you did such and such, such and such, and Will Smith was like, uh, "Yeah, I am." And then he was like, "That's why I brought my DJ with me." And then suddenly it's DJ, hey! it's Jesse Jeff. He didn't bring Uncle Phil to throw him out the door later. No, and then so he did this whole little thing, and then after that, Carlton pops out and does the Carlton dance. Yeah, the, I did like the Carlton. Dance. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, I just found some of the embarrassing. It was more with Jaden Smith. I was like, I just feel so for you, kid. You're back with your dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that part of me hasn't died yet. Yeah. The kids oh, I forgot. Yeah, they showed like a little rap of Jaden. No, you're not. You're. You can't rap, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of it was, oh, and then they did uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rap. And, yeah, and, yeah. Had, and then they were all dancing. Yeah. Did you notice, Heather Graham was break, freak, like flashing yeah, her hair. Yeah, she Bradley Cooper sat there like a rock. Bradley Cooper is just like, like for fuck's sake. Yeah, he's like, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he did like three songs. It went on for a bit too. Like, I, I, I couldn't watch the whole thing. It went on for a while, yeah. yeah. And uh, even uh, when Will Smith went on Letterman, to uh, public to talk up After Earth, um, uh, Paul Schaefer and his band they they started playing Summertime, and Will Smith ran over there, took the mic, and started and, and started singing Summertime. So 
Yeah, maybe he knew that this this movie might send him back into the music studio. Too. Yeah. He's like, I just want to remind all y'all that I'm a rapper as well. After this, he's going to Miami. Because I might need to make an album after this yeah. movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put, up a video. I'll put that up on the site so you can have a look at So thanks for listening, folks, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.